0: Today on People with Passion for Pets, we talk to Lori Tully, the leader of the Nye County 4-H Dog Den. So hi, Lori. Hi, how are you guys? Good. So Lori, you are the 4-H leader for the Nye County um, Dog Den. Is that the right? Yeah,
1: Nye County 4-H Perump Dog Den. So here's our shirt, Nye County 4-H yeah, Pahrump. That's cute. <laughs> It is a dog training club, but the kids have named ourselves the Dog Den. So we are the Nye County 4-H Dog Den. Well, a lot of people aren't aware of 4-H. It's kind of like an FFA sort of thing. You mostly find it in rural areas, but it's catching up. Like Vegas has a huge 4-H. They don't have a dog club. Um, the thing about 4-H in our area is the majority of our kids are homeschooled. We only have three schools yeah. here, uh, elementary, intermediate, and high school, because it's about 40,000 Um plus population in a very, very wide, spread-out county. So the majority of the kids are homeschooled. And with something like 4-H, they're able to get a lot more out of um, the socializing and just learning different things that they are not going to get from being homeschooled. From um, We do a homeschool co-op. They do quilting, um, shooting sports, uh, dance fitness. So I do the dog training part of it. So there's a whole bunch of different clubs, and I'm just involved in the dog the dog training side of it. Yeah, it's great to get them started young, especially with their pet dogs who've done probably zero in, you know, training in their time that they've had them. So it's nice to see them pull that pet out of the home, teach them everything from basic manners and then evolve into things like dog sports and actually compete. The kids are starting to get to at the competitive level in several different sports.
2: And that's one thing uh, really helpful is I noticed when, when we were raised in the country, dogs were just kind of dogs. They just stayed outside. We fed them and took care of them, but they didn't come inside, sleep on the bed and stuff like that. And you've opened up a great world for a child because now they have a buddy and their, the mentality is all about the same, you know, life is good and they just want to go play. It really opens up the world for them.
1: Absolutely. It's changed a lot of relationships with the kids and their dogs, because like you said, a lot of them either just laid around the house and got chubby, admit it, and, or they were outside and they got fed twice a day. And it was just yep. the dog that lived on the farm. And when these kids started bringing these dogs in and teaching them basic manners and how to you know, be a good dog in the house and how to stay out of the kitchen when you're cooking and just the little things that you take for granted, they realized it was pretty cool to have the dog in the house with them and to sleep at the foot of the bed or on the floor in a dog bed. So all these things really, um, I think, changed a lot of relationships with the family pet um, and made them more part of the family than just um, you know someone who stayed outside and barked when the mailman came.
2: Exactly, and that's one of the things that I like to push when we when we have a a family with children is I always ask them, would it be acceptable if the dog behaved if he could sleep on the bed or in the room with the child? And you can always see what the the kids' eyes will get really big, like really, you know. And the parents will you know they go, well, I guess if he behaved, and that's that's kind of where that bond starts is the parent doesn't believe it can be like that so the training that we do is to help make sure that that can be so when the dog comes in they're quiet they don't jump on the counters they don't do stuff like that and all of a sudden you have another member of the family
1: absolutely and it really um, makes a difference in the motivation of the kids to work the dog At first, they start off kind of leery and, oh, my dog's not really that smart. He's kind of lazy. Before you know (laughs) it, they're accomplishing these little tiny baby steps. And pretty soon, the kids are just like, give me more, give me more. I want to do this. And, you know, like I said, within probably about a year and a half, the kids that I had started with started competing.
0: So that's really a neat thing. It sounds like it's more of a long-term relationship that you have, too, with these children and that they um, stay in the club. And then it goes from training and just basic finding out how to properly take care for the animal to even be in part in a sport. What type of sports do they do?
1: Well, last year we were fortunate enough to form a toss and fetch league with frisbee. So the kids actually competed. We had a team very competitive for our age group and um, (laughs) they placed very well. Some of the junior handlers, which is kids under 13 um, placed in the top like 50. So kids are very, um, they have no reservations and it's okay to not succeed and like us adults, everything has to be right and perfect. So I found that the kids um, did very well because they weren't afraid to try it. They weren't afraid to fail and they weren't afraid to not look perfect. So uh, we did a toss and fetch league last year where we competed internationally with teams from all over the world and the kids competed in rally showmanship, which is confirmation, but they can use their own pet dog. Because they're basically we're judging the kids and not the animal, but they have to. It has a lot That's to do cool. with the bond between them and the dog. And they competed in, uh, say, so agility rally and showmanship.
2: Hey guys, just real quick, if you enjoy our content, please give us a thumbs up and share it with your friends and family, and please subscribe to our podcast. Okay, let's get back to the interview.
1: Yeah, they've um they've become pretty versed on a lot of things. I also have a pool and a dock. So the kids were learning dock diving last summer. Oh, they're that's te-
0: full fun. Yeah.
1: Teaching the dogs to swim and teaching them to jump off the dock. So hopefully this summer we'll, we have, you know, we'll have created a couple of competitive dogs in that sport too. Wow.
0: That sounds awesome. So um, how do kids get started? So they, they just sign up and then they bring their dog in and then you do start with basic obedience or how, how does the program work?
1: Yeah, it's kind of tough because we're at different levels. I've had some kids that have been with me for the whole time and their dogs are, you know, have gone through the whole ringer. But we don't um, start like blocks or anything like that. It's when a kid shows interest, they, you know, address it with 4 H. They come in by themselves or with their parent without the dog the first time. Check it out. See how we do things. And then we integrate the dog in. I usually do an evaluation on the dog first and I use my own personal dogs to see how a lot of these dogs react in a group setting because some of them have never really left the house. There's a lot of lack of socialization when they come Mm -hmm. most of the time, pretty common. I'm sure you see that a lot. So um, it's, we start there and it's, thank God for my co litters and these parents that are so supportive. I have a lot of parents that come to club and they're learning along with their kids. So I can have them take a group off to the side that is just starting and working on some basics, how to place onto their little climb tables and how to wait their turn. And then we have some kids that are outside Working on more advanced agility drills, so we try to split it up because we do have all levels. We have some young dogs too that are four, five, six months, and I let them start as soon as their shots are done. They get to come because I think the sooner the better you know don't wait till they're two years old, so yeah, we just integrate the new guys in and we try to bring everybody along and still keep the advanced kids going forward but um it's kind of nice because the kids that have been around a while take the the newbies under their wings, so to speak, that and help them out a lot with their dogs.
2: That's really, really cool. What is the, yeah. um, the shots for the animals? That's, that's very good. What is the, uh, the age group for the kids? So they can start 4-H pretty young, right? And then when the-
1: Yeah, dogs they, can, yeah they can start 4-H at five and go into a, a program we call the Clover Buzz, which prepares them for the older clubs. Now, basically for any of the other clubs, it's eight to 18 I can make an exception, any leader can make an exception to take on younger kids. So I do have a couple that are younger, they're five, but they both have to be with their parents. And their parents handle the dogs and the kids are there. So as long as the child seems responsible enough and they can actually pick up after their dog, if they take them outside to potty, they can get a water bowl and make sure, those are the basics. Mom is there or dad and they handle the dog and they, basically the kid's along for the ride and gets to see everything and definitely participate, but the handling is mostly done by the adult especially if it's a bigger dog like we have a couple of shepherds and some stronger breeds that it's great for the kids to be there they just can't physically handle the dogs so May, of course. they start pretty May young <laughs> yeah
0: yeah i was just gonna ask us uh, so i'm assuming you have uh, all kinds of different sizes and obviously you already mentioned ages of dogs
1: yeah we have um one of our, probably our most successful and fun dogs that's been with me from the beginning is this little Chihuahua Rat Terrier mix named Dom <laughs> She's an amazing little dog. She's our little <laughs> midget of the group. We have um, a brother and sister Chihuini couple, Chihuahua wiener dogs, and they're handled by their team handlers and they're eight months old. We have a shepherd who just turned a year who's a, from our local rescue here. They adopted a few months back. Um, we have a herding breed mix who's been with me from the beginning. She's an amazing agility dog. So we do get a lot of, a few cattle dogs, you know, we get stragglers here and there are people that come in just to get some training and then they move about and go on their way and move away. But it's kind of cool that we get a good, a nice mix.
0: Well, and it's such a cool idea too, because it's something where the whole family is involved. So it's the parents and it's, you know, the children and the dog. And and that's what we try to foster too. It's like, you know, when you have a well-behaved dog, all of a sudden that dog is included in all kinds of fun activities, whereas... If, you know, if the dog isn't that well-behaved, then most of the time he has to stay home when a family goes hiking or goes to a, out for an outing or something.
1: Yeah, that's really important. They're learning that they can take their dogs and we're, you know, you do a lot of things about crate training and seat belts and harnesses and stuff, because usually the family dog is in the back of the truck. or just <laughs> right. the back seat. So we do a lot of that stuff and they're finding out that it's more fun to have these boundaries and to teach the dogs to sit nicely in a seat with a harness and a seat belt on or be in a crate. And they do um, start taking their dogs places. They go to the park. We do parades in town. So the more the dogs get out, the more sociable they are. So we tend to do little outings to help the dogs to become more sociable because a lot of them haven't seen a big garbage truck go screaming by when they're <laughs> walking you know, in the desert and, and rabbits that run by your face when you're out hiking. So it's kind of cool. The kids are really motivated about getting them out and showing them off because Parades are a big thing for us because people just love to see the dogs walking nicely on leash with their vests on and the kids and it's it's Definitely all fun. about, you know, them taking getting credit for what they've done. They love it.
0: So is it something that you kind of developed the curriculum or is there something that's already out there that uh, other 4H groups can can model after?
1: Yes, 4H does have a curriculum and it's just suggested. So they come with workbooks and Um, different Mm -hmm. things that you can, tools you can use for training. A lot of my background comes from training pet dogs in when I was in Phoenix. And so I took just a lot of the basic stuff I learned from some great trainers and a lot of seminars and a lot of online learning. And I still refer the kids back to some YouTube um, videos of a trainer I adore in Phoenix. So we get, we bring it in from all over. And of course, each week the kids come with something new like Hey, I had this situation or, Hey, I figured this out. Right. And so I think a lot of stuff that they learn amongst each other is, is come straight from them. I mean, they'll give you a scenario and then an eight year old will pop up with, well, Hey, that's happened to me. And I know what to do. Wow. wow. You know, so there's a lot of light bulbs going off when it comes to dog training with these young kids, because they're so motivated to be able to have their dogs sleep in their bed and go in the car with them. Yeah. It's a whole new world. I think once they uh, realize the pet is a member of the family, Pretty much,
2: it does because when they grow up to be adults, they have a different perspective on getting an animal. Do they have um, other different type of training, like Canine Good Citizen, or uh, any external programs that they might get into? Where they go, "Hey, this is really kind of cool."
1: Yeah, um, that's a good question. I, I am a, a CGC evaluator, so quite a few of the kids have accomplished CGCs, Canine Good Citizens. At different levels. Um, a lot of them have done their their trick titles, novice, intermediate. That's as far as some of them have gone, but we're working on the advanced. So yes, um, it helps with me being a an evaluator for AKC that I can do these titles on the kids. So a handful of them have gotten their tricks and their canine good citizens. And that is pretty cool because they wear their bandanas and their tags and the kids have their patches and it's huge for them to accomplish um, a certificate or a certification, as they like to say with their dogs. It, it's uh, it's a great, it's a great accomplishment.
2: That's really cool. What about the, uh, the leash laws there in Nye County? Are they able to do off leash when you do toss and fetch and stuff like that? What do you find how that works there?
1: Yeah, they're pretty lenient here because like I said, it's, it's a rural community. So there's a lot of dogs just wandering anyways, you know, <laughs> <laughs> open and they come over to my yard and, So it's it's pretty dog friendly. Um, When we do things like competitions at the parks we usually have to reserve the park and they know what we're going to do but if we're training off leash at a park we just never get hassled. It's really um, a pretty well-rounded community that knows why we're there and the kids are all wearing their shirts and their dogs will never be off leash unless they have that really great recall that we work so hard on and I know that the dogs are safe. So um, we have a couple fenced in dog areas here in town that we can go to and and do um toss and fetch and some recall training and our building has a great little field with our agility equipment where we do our training that's fenced so there is a handful of dogs that can be off-leash in a in an area like a park that we go to train at but you know there's a lot of long lines
2: (laughs) yeah we always carry around a nice 25 footer with us and and people love that when we just yeah. did one yesterday that we moved them into the long line, and, and I'm sure the kids get that. The first time they are able to do a good recall at 20, 30, 40 feet, their that's eyes cool. light up, and they realize, wow, that's the coolest thing.
1: Right. You have that safety net that they can step on the leash at any time, and there's yeah. a chance that, I mean, 90% of the time, the dog comes straight back to them. Sometimes they might wander past them, but they, there's always that safety net, and then the kids aren't nervous. You know to drag a six foot leash means nothing 25 feet is great so we do a lot of stuff on on long lines
0: awesome
2: very cool so the the 4-H sorry in the in the 4-H uh, do do most of the 4-H people have a, a building or a club so if they have a if they want to do something specialty inside or something or are you all just kind of using a, a family place or actually is it 4-H, 4-H's mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, we have a building in town. It's very old, a little dilapidated, but we've done our best to keep it up. You know, you do when you're working with donated funds and a little bit of county money that we get, we um, have an old firehouse and it's a big metal building. So we have one big area where the dog den does our thing. Then we have a a middle bay where robotics is. Then we have a kitchen and a sewing area. So yeah, most, I think pretty much all 4-H's have their own community type building. And some areas like St. George, Utah have this beautiful brand new state of the art, you know, (laughs) but that's how it is. You know, you just got to work hard to get your community involved. And then the more you do, the more people donate, the more they help you out and the more, you know, we get a lot of help with our community. Home Depot, um, Do It Best Hardware, all these places donate a lot at Tractor Supply. They're very much into 4-H. So we're very fortunate to get a lot of our stuff donated.
2: And 4-H is a 503C, aren't they? So yeah. you could take specific donations so people could say, hey, I want to donate and help the dog program out.
1: Absolutely. And we do have um, some people donate uh, everything from equipment, leashes, collars. Um, I've had somebody donate some FitPaws equipment because we do a lot of FitPaws and conditioning too. Kids love that. It's all about you know getting the dogs leaner most of the time and stronger. <laughs> yeah and build their stamina. So, you know, we've learned everything about uh, getting them in shape and in condition and stretching and walking them out. And that's, you know, the physical part is huge for me, as much as the mental is. So kids are really getting used to, to doing that.
0: I wanted to go back to the funding. So it's all the, uh, it's the county that you get your funding through or?
1: Well, we're actually um, governed by the University of Nevada at Reno um, Cooperative Extension. So the university owns our campus and any funding that comes through them, there's a a allotted amount for 4-H and and a lot of it, like I said, is from donations. So like any other not-for-profit or 501c3, you kind of fight for your funding every year. And this, like I said, is a big retirement community, not a lot of children, um, not a lot of kids programs. So we fortunately have an amazing team, uh, Miss Stormy and Jamie that pretty much run 4-H that fight for us every minute of every day. So we are very lucky to get what we get. Some great people out there, some great moms in our community that whose kids are involved too, and they run the whole program and they're they're right on. (laughs) Cool. That's
0: really neat. Are you, um, is 4-H something that goes year round or is it, is there like a summer break?
1: Um, most of the clubs will take off for the summer because it's so hot here. I mean, mm-hmm. we're up in the way over a hundred. So a lot of the clubs that do outside stuff like garden club, they may start really early in the morning, but mostly like August and September, most clubs will stop and our building only has swamp coolers. So it's almost impossible to be in there in the summer. So yeah, we usually shut down for the summer, but now that we have a pool and we've had it for two summers. Now the kids will come over here and swim and bring their dogs and swim with their dogs.
0: I'm sorry. I was going to say how fun to be able to swim with your dog. Yeah, I know. Been, like, picked I picked up on that kid. one. <laughs> I would have been all over that. Well, we look around for <laughs> Phoenix and
2: there's nothing. I mean, they, they have a swamp pond over here or something like that. Right. But yeah, when yeah. we were a kid, swimming with a dog was that's what you did.
1: Yeah, yeah it's fun. Um, we're fortunate enough to have like a 32 by 16 foot foot. Um, above ground pool that has a dock on it we built like a 27 foot dock that has stairs and so the kids can teach the dogs to run and jump and then they first they teach them to swim and some of them absolutely hate it we have the little the little chihuahua rat terrier floats around on a raft while the kids swim
0: (laughs) that's wonderful
1: (laughs) but the kids love it they have swim parties and we have birthday parties and so we're we're pretty good about staying active and when covid hit pretty much everything shut down but we did weekly zooms we we never stopped i said you guys want to keep this moving let's do it and They got homework and they showed videos and we would share. Yeah, it was awesome. The kids did so good during the shutdown. They were here every week and they were training and they were working hard and we were making treats and um, showing each other how we did frozen ice cubes with fruit for the dogs. And they came up with some great things. So I think keeping their brain moving through the pandemic was huge in keeping our club alive because we did not suffer. We just kept right on going. And as soon as we had the building back, we were right in there.
0: Um, are, there, um, are there some online media sites or do you, are you guys on Facebook? Do you have a, um, a website that we can tell we people do. about?
1: Yeah, um, Nye County 4-H Perump has a website, has a, excuse me, a Facebook page. And um, it pretty much touches in on all the different clubs and what they're doing and what's going on, like robotics is getting ready to have a competition and shooting sports just did a virtual competition. So yeah, it's it's pretty active, and they'll tell you what's coming up and what's going on in our community club meetings. And so we do have a Facebook page. The kids also created a commercial um, this summer, so to just basically a recruiting commercial. It's really cool. The Dog Den kids did it, so it was a really fun activity for them to write the commercial, figure it out, and you know, and answer questions and. Yeah, so we put that out on Facebook and we actually recruited some kids for this year. So it was very cool.
0: Yeah, that's awesome. How about um, for our viewers in other parts of the country? Is there like a general resource for them if they wanted to get something started like this?
1: Yeah, you can go to, I think it's 4-H.org. There is a whole main site about 4-H and it'll break it down by states. You can go in there and look at it and see what is in your area. And if not, there's a lot of good guidance on the internet and through the the main organization that can get you started. If you want to start a club and you wanted to seek out help and information and resources. Yes. Um, it's, it's nationwide and it's getting bigger and bigger, especially since kids are, like I said, more often now homeschooled and I think 4-H is getting popular in those areas as an outside activity and a social setting for the kids.
0: That's so awesome. So I'm sure this is a huge uh, time commitment for you as a leader Um, is, are you, I think you mentioned once a week, is that when the group meets?
1: Yeah, we meet um, once a week for about an hour, hour and a half. And that's when we do our training, we get homework and, you know, figure out what we're going to do for the following week. But also there's a couple kids that are getting pretty active in competing in agility or getting close. So I'm trying to meet them. We meet once or twice. We try to work at the field because we have our agility field. that's open, you know, for us to be there when um, we're not on club time. So, um, yeah, we a lot of the kids get together outside, too. So there's a lot of friendships and family bonding going on between families and and kids with dogs. So um, the commitment is once a week, but we do a lot of weekend activities, too. Like we do a cleanup in the desert. We um, did some yard work for an elderly person who lost their spouse. So we meet a lot outside of the club just to um, do the community stuff. And we're doing a VFW food bank drive right now where they're collecting food for the VFW food bank. There's that a lot awesome. going on outside a club <laughs> and we're trying to get um, like a program dog, like a dog from the rescue. That's been really hard to adopt to come in and probably stay with me, but go to club meetings and get trained. We just kind of have to find the perfect dog. It's tough when you have this age group with the experience level, they have to take in a big, crazy, maybe a bully breed or something that's real strong and heavy and hard to handle. Cause that's mostly what you see, you know,
2: yeah, right. they were
1: kind of waiting for the right dog that the kids could really make it um, adoptable, you know, work real hard to get some good skills on the dog and make it more adoptable. So
0: how about, uh, how about your own uh, dog? So you, you mentioned that you involve them in socialization when you first start out somebody to tell us a little bit, but, because you also are involved in dog sports, right?
1: Yes. Um, I compete um, actively for about the last 20 years in fly ball. I compete in toss and fetch with disc. I teach the kids agility, but I don't compete in it. Um, I do dock diving. My dogs, all can, quite a few of them compete in dock diving. The good thing about having um, a nice little menagerie of trained dogs is when the kids start to compete or they're getting to that level, I, a lot of them will work my dogs so they can see how to get the success out of them or how it's done, especially agility. It's tough for the uh, choreographic side. I mean, the kids, it, you know, where your arms and your body has to be. So to run a dog that has a little bit of experience helps them out to take their dog who's learning. And yeah, so I have all breeds, mostly um, Staffordshire Bull Terriers. I have a Whippet. I have a few mixes. And the kids do work my dogs, which is nice because, of course, the dogs will do anything for the kids. And, of course, for food. And the
0: kids uh, just love (laughs) Anything for kids and food. (laughs) The kids
2: (laughs) will do anything for food, too. I'll do anything (laughs) for food.
0: (laughs) We'll work for food.
1: <laughs>
2: how many uh how many uh, dogs are you up to now?
1: Oh wow, do you really want to know? <laughs> yeah. You kept saying this <laughs> so I go, I'm gonna ask. Fifteen. Oh,
2: beautiful. bless
1: your heart. Well, we have nice. five acres and my husband works from home and I work three nights a week in, in Vegas. So we're pretty much here, which is nice. And um I have of course uh, half of them are probably over 10. I think I got eight dogs over 10 years old from between 10 and 15 that are retired from sports and they're just all hanging out and waiting, you know, waiting for me to come home. And then we have the very active, um, sport dogs. Some are in the process of being trained. My youngest is a 10 month old Whippet who is um, being trained for lure racing. She will be an oval and straight track lure racer. Yeah. She just, that is awesome. 15. Yeah.
2: Mm Yes, we (laughs) (laughs)
1: do. That's a lot of acreage, and you have, you know, the time, and you have the, you know, all the resources. It's not too bad.
2: (laughs) There's Mm -hmm. time and stuff. That's very good.
1: Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, you sound like you are a very, very busy lady, Lori. (laughs) But it's wonderful (laughs) all the things that you do, and
1: it's it keeps you honest, you know, and it keeps you young. (laughs) I think, especially Mm -hmm. the kids.
0: Well, and you retired military, so we want to thank you for your service to the country. That's awesome. I appreciate
1: that. Yeah, I really appreciate that. Yeah, me and my husband both. We retired from the Air Force.
0: Well, thank you both then for your Mm -hmm. service. Thanks. I appreciate it. This has been a really wonderful interview, and I think our our audience is going to love it because there's, I don't think there's a lot of people that know 4-H does dogs. So, so I didn't know
2: that. I knew that they did, you know, I thought 4-H. cows or exactly. rabbits.
0: I, mean, you yeah, know. <laughs> yeah.
2: I had no idea they did do dog training and that's, that's really a big deal because, you know, when we do our training, we try to get the whole family out. Who's your youngest child? You know, they can, they talk and then they can participate, you know? Sure.
0: <laughs> well, we'll let you go, but thank you so much. This has been such a pleasure. That was a, uh, I wasn't really sure what to expect but this has been a wonderful interview. Yeah,
1: good. Oh good. Thank you so much. I appreciate you guys uh, getting a hold of me. It-
2: well, cool. Well, thank you very much. It was fun. It was very interesting. We learned some stuff too.
1: <laughs> great. Thank you guys so much and have a great day.
0: You yeah, too. Yeah, All you. right. Bye. Okay, we'll
2: talk Bye. to you later.
1: <laughs> Bye.
0: Thank you for joining us today on People with Passion for Pets. We're Jim and B Walker. And we share the adventure of life with our dog, Apollo and Heidi. For more adventure videos, check out our YouTube channel, Modern Canine Vlog, or visit our website, www.mcs.dog. And until next time, keep your paws on the road.